Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to acknowledge conventions such as WeedonCon. WeedonCon is a fan-generated charity event for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, and all Joss Whedon creations. It is scheduled for October of 2020 and is held in Los Angeles, California. Portion of the proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship. See details at WeedonCon.com. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm welcoming you to episode number 50. Yes, this is a landmark episode and something I am very, very proud of. I'm not going to get too much into the back padding of this momentous occasion, but I do want to thank you all for listening and making this possible. Today we're going to bring back Jerry Bennett, the comic artist and good friend from our very first episode. And during this episode, there is going to be an announcement about the future of this show. I think it's very positive, but please stay on after the conversation for me to clarify what I said. Let's get started. Jerry, my buddy, how you doing today? I'm doing really good. It's been a good day so far. It has been a good day, and it's it's been rough. Um, For anybody who might be getting this later on after it's released this is the beginning of august 2020 we've been in lockdown for covid for several months now about five-ish months um jerry you have been in a health regimen you are looking fantastic the chicken industry has taken a turn for the worst there may be a connection (laughs) i don't know and you know it's funny it's like like i think like the all the memes and things that I see about health related mm-hmm. to COVID, you know, so many people are saying that they're gaining tons of weight, you know, and, and, uh, for me to be, I know. <laughs> so for people, I mean, people, I think people are honestly surprised that I'm losing all this weight. And, and, and the only reason I'm really doing it is because like, I just had a huge, really a, just a massive health scare last year. My mm-hmm. blood pressure just went, I, I just, I discovered that it was on, like a stroke level, you know. Wow. Yeah, and so it, it made me realize, you know, that I'm I'm not getting younger, and I need to really start doing things differently to take care of myself. And so mm-hmm. I've been um, changing really a lot of my my uh, dietary habits, uh, cutting back on a lot of different things I normally did ate. Um, and then I think a big, I think an important thing for me was uh, overall was uh, ellipticaling. So mm-hmm. the ellipticaling has really helped me. I, I try to get on at least five or six times a week okay so well, I, and you i definitely see where you're coming from there because we kind of have some of the same problems and that when you're on the go for work for travel for business you don't have the best choices uh the choices that are there are not appealing on a number of levels i mean i i can tell you i have more than once grabbed the double quarter pounder because it's like i know it's not gonna i'm not gonna regret this in the morning at least I'm not going to feel like garbage, whereas those Pop-Tarts out of the vending machine get old is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, like, for me, my big splurge when I was on the road was uh, the Taco Bell breakfast. And so that was my uh-huh. big thing. I would at least uh, plan ahead as far as, like, because, like, knowing that I was going to be at a convention all day anyway or at a conference or whatever, um, I usually would, like, pack – like, I would, I would go – to a grocery store, buy some uh, meat, buy some bread, and, you know, just pack some sandwiches, you know. So there's a small health incentive there, but uh, mm-hmm. overall, convenience, really. <laughs> I, I frequently survive, on a good day, a convention, I would survive on, like, a granola bar, a protein bar, and some form of sports drink, because I, I'm always thirsty from all the talking. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have a huge mug. In fact, I mean, I have it with me now. So mm-hmm. I always have a huge mug filled with uh, water and ice, um, and all the more so I've been trying to really drink a lot more water too because that's really affected a lot of health for me as well. And uh, so yeah, I'll keep I'll keep water by me, uh, and usually the if I'm a guest at the convention, they'll usually bring me bottles of water and they'll bring me those granola bars, and I mm-hmm. will grab every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> good call, good call. I'm so. Other than that, I mean, I, I've been watching a couple of things you've been doing through social media. I'm going to make sure all your links are in our, our show notes there. But I saw you were on this uh, front yard tour, a front yard art show. 
So, yeah, so the Oklahoma Visual Arts Coalition uh, got a really great idea to set up a statewide art crawl, and it allowed for a a social distancing kind of art cell, you know, and, and allowing opportunities for artists across the state to be able to set up, you know, like in front of their house or in their garage or, you know, something, something that set up where they could um, display their art and sell their art and, and have their names put on a, a digital map that uh, OVAC would put out for everyone to look through. And so, you know, people would either drive by or they would come up and I, like I set up my table and set up, basically set up my Comic-Con setup, you know, with, with uh, the backdrop. Although that weekend, and of course, true to Oklahoma spirit, um, it was, of course, a very windy weekend for that. Mm-hmm. So my backdrop wanted to fly off like a kite. And uh, I, I had to like make sure, sh- I had to do all these extra, I had to throw, out, throw down all this extra tape and pull out tent spikes and do whatever I could to keep, I think from flying away, but overall it, it went really cool. <laughs> I feel like we're getting older because I remember when doing a drive-by was a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, that definitely does. Uh, well, to me, it still brings up the idea of what you're <laughs> thinking. Yeah, yeah. But 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 to be serious, I mean, so you have in your driveway or your front yard, you had essentially a Comic-Con table set up. Yeah, exactly. That's wow. exactly what it was. Yeah, it was super fun. And 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 people just kind of cruised on by, stopped in, bought some prints, talked for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I met a bunch of new people. Uh, in fact, a bunch of my neighbors, they had no idea what I do. And so so several neighbors came up, you know, I got to talk to uh, neighbors that I, I don't normally get to talk to. And so it was that was a that was a really cool bonus treat for me. I You know, I, I like to get to know the all, you know my neighbors on my little block of neighborhood and so mm-hmm. that was awesome that was super awesome that that is a really cool idea i'm amazed at the innovation we're having now trying to do business trying to get on with our lives amid the obvious restrictions oh yeah i, I and you know i and I, it's it's so great that you know that we can shine when we're forced to shine mm-hmm. um and i think that's a quality you know of humanity that you know doesn't get to spark often because you know, I mean, our culture is kind of bred to just like, you know, basic thrive, you know, and 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 not uh, necessarily work terribly hard overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have a lot of conveniences, you know, and and I think when we are thrust with a challenge, I think you know, for the most part, we will rise to the situation. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. Um, I think creativity is really wanting to like blow up from this you know and mm-hmm. and i'm starting to see a lot of really unique things happening and i guarantee all the pent up creativity that's going that's going on now when we when we do return to some semblance of normal i guarantee there's going to be a renaissance of some sort uh in in all forms of art and all forms of culture you know and so so um and I think we're only just seeing a bit of that right now. So I'm really looking forward to the future in that respect. That's that's amazing. And I, having you just say that, I have to make a confession. Okay. When we sat down to record that first episode last summer, yeah. I hit the record button and I didn't really have a bead on what this show was about. Oh. You can see on the video when it came to me as we were talking, when I said, do I'm... I want to introduce you, and you are known for your artistic talents and your contribution to the industry and your contribution to the community. And that's the moment it clicked to me that Hungry Trilobite was about people using the things we like to make the world better. Okay. And creativity is a huge component of that. Huge component. Absolutely. Absolutely. How funny. I don't think I realized that it came to you during that episode. It did. it took me another couple of what days to really put together what I was coming up, but it's like, okay, that's why I'm sitting here. That's why we're talking. That's why I'm doing this is that I don't think there's enough shows out there putting a spotlight on that. Oh, I, I will agree with you there. I, um, there are shows that are doing that. Um, I don't, there probably aren't enough of them for sure, but, um, I, I do notice when there are some, you know, and, and, and in fact, there's been a, a small rise, I think, in like 
virtual programming. Oh, there has to be, obviously. I mean, um, just with everything that's been going on. I mean, and I don't know if you watched anything from the uh, virtual San Diego Comic Con. So that was, I mean, I think uh, to me, that's another part of that whole creativity, you know, just trying to adapt to the circumstances in a very unique way. And so I love, uh, for me, it was a huge gift to be able to uh, attend san diego comic-con because uh, like i mean i've never been and I, mm-hmm. and I don't know if i will get to until like until i'm brought in as a guest <laughs> so I, so the fact that we were able to do all these panels that are usually like impossible to get into at a convention of that size mm-hmm. uh, i think it's just, and usually i'm and i'm a working guy anyway at the convention so i never get to go to those panels so to be able to experience those panels like that close up has been amazing so yeah I love that, um, that 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 kind of thing, that this kind of creativity, uh, and the creativity that's always been out there. I think I'm, I think it's really amazing that we're you know noticing that stuff now as a result. Mm-hmm. It, it's sad that it takes something like this to bring those results about. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Um, I think we've kind of gotten locked into, almost calcified into a certain pattern of doing things for so long, and this is giving us a chance to say how how else can we do this. What 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 can we do if we can't do the obvious? Absolutely, and 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 uh, I've been reading a really great book. I, I I've been participating with a, uh, a a group of artists and doing a book club reading of. Uh, have you heard of the Artist Way? Yes. Okay. I don't know so, much more than that, but I've heard of it. So I I had never heard of it honestly, uh, but um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the name of the author, Julia something oh god that's so horrible um but the 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 book is just the you know it comes it comes down to it it's about the health of an artist you know and how to remain healthy as an artist in all kinds of different ways and and i think um this has really forced us to 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 really evaluate how to stay creative and stay and how to stay healthy you know when we're faced with this kind of situation and so i it was very enlightening for me. That's definitely worth talking about because there there is this myth that there's this romance we put into the artists who you know they they stay up all night, they drink lots of coffee, they hit the bar, and they they don't eat well. If we were just talking about that, and you you starve for your art, you suffer for your art. Yeah, you know what? You can be healthy and still be an artist. There's not really anything preventing that. Absolutely. And, and and it took me a long time to realize that, you know, I mean, like and, and knowing, you know, knowing what an artist does. I mean, you know, for me, I'm very sedentary. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, in front of a computer, in front of uh, my iPad, in front of, a, you know, a drawing desk and, and working. And so obviously I'm not going to be very active. But knowing that, you know, will give me the opportunity to, to evaluate my my uh, schedule and realize where. I can make changes and how I can be active and how I can, you know, improve my health in that way. And so I, I've, I've done a, I've made a lot of changes in that regard. So like when I'm watching, if, if I'm watching a show or if I'm watching like, um, like a lot of zoom, uh, virtual con things that have been going on. And right now there's, there's a, uh, a conference going on virtually with the uh, society of children's book writers and illustrators. Um, and it's a worldwide conference and, I will, you know, get on the elliptical and make sure that I'm elliptical, you know, during the length of each session that I'm on. So, like yesterday, I'll set up my elliptical for like um, so many calories to work off. And uh, between two sessions of, of the uh, convention, uh, the conference, I worked off like 1,800 calories worth. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, but th- these are the kind of things that I need to do to, you know, remain healthy and so mm-hmm. uh and of course you know I, I i changed my eating habits i'm i'm definitely um improving my health and that in that respect really well um I've, I've never eaten so healthy in my life i've never uh I, i'm almost on the verge of vegetarian in some ways mm-hmm. although i i do like the meats mm-hmm. and I'm, well aware. <laughs> I'm well aware but you know i i do eat my meat a lot but I'm I'm starting to get more mindful about when and how I eat it. Oh, I'm starting to appreciate a good, well cooked brisket, barbecue, 
um, a nice night out at a steakhouse, and I'm trying to get away from the casual, you know, just eating a handful of chicken nuggets because it's what's in front of me. Oh, no joke, dude. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and if we're, as long as we're, like, focusing on, you know, on how to eat, right, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the the meat can come in and be a good option for us, you know, and mm-hmm. we can make those right choices, you know, we can say no, we, you know, we can, and, and know how to say no in the right way to those chicken nuggets and what have you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, my family will often have one night a week where we deliberately eat vegetarian, not okay. because we don't want to eat meat or because we don't eat meat, but it's like, you know what, if we just have, if we know we can have a vegetarian meal, that's a little less meat in our diet. We're going to appreciate that barbecue the next day more. Oh, totally. I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, we're trying to get to the point now where we've made the tools. This is like the third episode where I've actually had to say this. The tools for being an artist now are so cheap. They're so available. They're so easy to use that so many people are becoming artists. We have to get away from this idea that the only people who are going to do it are these crazy people who are going to abuse themselves and die young. Oh, I know. And I love that because, um, I, I think creativity is something that everyone has, you know, and and not everyone believes it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think so many people are brought up, you know, not encouraged to go chasing after that. And um, I, I, I know people um, long, long, uh, old high school friends that uh, were better than I was in art in so many areas of art. And. They, you know, they gave up on that. They didn't pursue it, you know. And I remember a friend that one of my friends who was just an amazing artist, um, he, uh, we got to meet up 20 years later after high school, and he uh, was just so uh, inspired by the fact that I never gave up on my dream, you know. And and um, and I just thought, what stopped him? Because he was better than I I always thought I always looked up to him. I always looked up to his, his art. And I wondered what stopped him from pursuing that. I always, I'm, I'm sure there's circumstances that I'm unaware of that you know forces people in certain directions, uh, and I and I have no problem with that, you know. And you know we're gonna make choices that are that are the healthiest for us to make. Um, but like over and, and going just back to the idea that everyone's creative, you know, everyone has this in them, and so I, so I. It, it's sad that I feel like people are not allowing themselves to take advantage of that. And I'm hoping that because the inexpensive nature of some of these supplies now are within reach, that I'm hoping that they'll go after it. Because, like, to me, um, not that the iPad's a cheap thing, but um, to me it's one of the most accessible things, and most people will have an iPad. And some of the art-creating apps on there are, like, to me, better than what can be offered on the PC as far as digital art software is concerned. Right now, I am using my iPad as a regular workstation. I mean, mm-hmm. I can go into any room of the house with my iPad and uh, pull up Procreate, which is like by far one of the best apps ever, one of the best digital art creating software, you know, ever. And um, you can buy custom brushes for it, and it already has amazing custom brushes on it anyway. But now, um, uh, like, I found some really great custom inking brushes, and I'll do so much of my work on that now. And, uh, I mean, so much, like, from beginning to final on that and, and complete that. And so, um, it, you know, we're living in a whole new opportunity as far as any kind of artist to be able to have, uh, you know, new technologies. And, but, I mean, but... but and, and, and to me, that that's that's I say I say that affordable because that Procreate app I think it's only twenty dollars now compared mm-hmm. to like you know paying a monthly subscription for Photoshop or what have you. Mm-hmm. And and Clip Studio on the PC is only like uh, full price. I think it's only fifty dollars, and so you can get like uh, like a, a higher version for like a hundred, and it comes with a few extras, but but I use the $49 version, and it, it does everything I need to create and complete my comics from beginning to end. And so, uh, yeah, we're at a place where um, like, there's a lot of creativity that's coming as a result of 
accessible tools to do that in. So yeah, absolutely. I uh, and if you are really in a bind money wise and you have access to some form of tech, it sure. does not have to be impressive. But if you just have something that will have electrons flowing through it, there are things you can get for free that are excellent tools. GIMP, Inkscribe, uh, LibreOffice. I, I, I'm a big proponent of these types of softwares. There's a, I, I don't even want to say there's a learning curve. You just have to open your mind to saying, I can use this if I just think about it for five minutes. Well, and, and most of those, uh, most of those are user friendly uh, for the most mm -hmm. part. Um, there's a great one called uh, Krita. Uh, it's a free uh, digital painting app, and they even have now. If you want to take the time to learn, they have animation on there now. You know, and so mm -hmm. uh, this update had animation tools, but but I mean, it's a great digital painting tool and digital art creating tool, and it's free. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Even if even if you just had PC and your mouse. You can get a free art software and draw away with that mouse. And but if you wanted, you can get these digital tablets that are really inexpensive too. Mm -hmm. And of course, I haven't even touched on the surface of just regular pens and pencils and paper. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. of course, that's easily accessible as well. But speaking from a digital art standpoint, yeah, it's totally accessible. I'm going to give a shout out. Have you played with Ubuntu Studio? No, I have not. Okay, it is for anybody who doesn't know. It's a custom. If you don't even have a computer with Windows on it, it like I said, if you have some form of desktop PC, this is a free operating system that includes these free apps that runs on computers that are. I just set it up on one that was over ten years old, and it runs beautifully. Really? Yes. What What's the name of it again? Ubuntu Studio. Ubuntu Studio, and they have their own operating system? Yes, Ubuntu is its a distribution of Linux that is known for being fairly user-friendly and runs on a lot of things, and Studio is a special, is a distribution of a distribution um, that they, they just load all the stuff that's geared towards artists. Oh, okay. No, I did not know that. So, see, um, I have so many friends now that are in, uh, that are working in Linux, and so... Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm always tempted. I, you know, it, it's just a, I feel like it's such a huge step to make. You know, um, as far as like going from everything you know with Windows and PC. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess Linux is PC as well. But I mean, mm -hmm. taking everything that I know and transferring it to Linux, I, I always feel like there's so many steps you have to take. But that may not be the case. You can probably speak to that better than I could. Uh, here's where I come from because I I use. Uh, Windows a lot in the outside world because yeah. that's what the world uses. I right. use a Mac in my home. And oh. people ask me, can I get used to Mac? And I say, look, every time Microsoft makes a new version of Windows, they redesign everything. You're going to have to get to know Windows all over again anyway. Why don't you get to know something else? Something that works better. <laughs> and I, Honestly, I, I feel like at some point I'm going to go Mac because, I mean, especially... As, as I get more involved with my iPad, mm -hmm. I know that there's a lot more uh, convenient connections between the Mac and the iPad that allow me to do a lot more with. Because, um, like, I know that the, I, the iPad has an app of some sort where you can uh, uh, draw with your uh, PC. I mean, with your Mac. I mean, mm -hmm. so somehow it's connected where you can, like, do drawings that are Basically, like having a Wacom Cintiq as far as like some way hooked up to your Mac, and so I, yeah, I, I want to go that way. And 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 everyone's always said that Mac was like the the, the artist computer. So it, it has been for a long time, and I have a preference, but I don't evangelize. I'm not going to say it's the best thing ever because I personally use it. But here's the thing: I ever since I got out of college in 2003, I have been Working on Windows computers for a living, okay. I I got used to the frustration of that, and I just said to myself, I don't want to work, I don't want to baby my computer when I need it to work for me. It works for me. I don't work for it. So that's that's, <laughs> that's when I switched to the Mac. Absolutely. Absolutely. And except I, when I looked at the fact that I'm recording this right now on a MacBook yeah. that is 11 years old. Oh. I, this has lasted three times longer than any Windows PC I've ever owned. Oh, 
So oh, whatever I spent on this, I've gotten my money back on that many times over. Yeah, you did. So, okay, so, okay, this is interesting. This actually brings me a question I have for you, then, mm -hmm. um, because I've always looked at used, you know, MacBooks and used Apple computers, and I always wonder, you know, like, if, if I were to, if I got one, like, from the year 2009, you know, would that be able to adequately serve me in some things that I, you know, I normally do on a work day? Would, would that, I mean, is that something that sounds feasible? Not for you. Okay. okay. Because you're going to, uh, for somebody who just needs a machine to, you know, draw, to load their pictures on and print up their recipes, that would be fine. Um, I, I have a media server that fits basically those requirements. But for somebody who's going to want to load those creative programs, who's going to sync up with a modern iPad, you're going to want something that's at probably no more than four years old. Okay, okay, that's good to know. And, and, and there are places you can go to get good computers that are like new old stock or slightly refurbished, and in some cases directly from Apple themselves. You know they're in good condition, you're going to save yourself some money, but you, you don't want to go too old for your purposes. Sure, okay, that makes sense, that totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I can always get together with you off mic and we can, I can give you some suggestions, but... That's that's something you'd want to look at. Absolutely. All right. Well, done. well so far, I mean, my PC is serves me well. And uh, I've got a good friend that I go to who, who had put together a custom computer for me. And it's worked really well. So I've, I've not had any issues. And and I mean, and, I, and I've made the connections work for me as far as like taking my iPad and and, uh, you know, syncing with Dropbox, uh, like, because I have Clip Studio on the iPad as well, mm -hmm. and it syncs up with my Dropbox well, and Procreate, I, I can easily uh, send my uh, Photoshop files uh, to my Dropbox, and that, so there's not a, there's not a huge gap in, in all my necessities being fulfilled, so yeah, yeah. Just something to look at for the future. Absolutely, absolutely, rock on. Yeah. So speaking of the future, I want to let you know something about this because this is episode number 50. Right. Good night. Yes. You are a returning guest. Congratulations on this milestone. Thank you. Um, you are going to be the last returning guest on our regular schedule. Whoa. I, I am starting a new trend now. I, we always release on Thursdays because I never could get the hang of Thursdays. Okay. But... From now on, starting with episode 51, all Thursday releases are going to be new content, and the returning guests are going to go on to the Sunday feed. Ah. So if any, if you happen to see an episode drop on a Sunday, that's a classic who's coming back for another round of abuse, uh, I guess. Okay, okay. Wow, man, you're going to be busy. I am. I have some good friends out there who are helping me round up some people that I might not have known about the first... 10, 20 episodes were pretty much people I had come in contact with at some point. Absolutely. And, you know, we're getting together. I'm starting to network out. The people are reaching out to me. And I'm trying to make enough room for those new people while still making enough space for the existing people who will just have fun working together. So that's going to be the new thing is that the Sunday episodes are the returning crew and the Thursday episodes are the newbies. Oh, I like that, dude. That's going to be a great format for you, man. I think that's going to be you. really it's gonna be exciting. I, it'll be neat to... To see all the new people that you'll uh, bring aboard, and the, and then and then the fact that you'll get to revisit those later on a you know revisit all these amazing people on a Sunday. So yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and I talk to people, and usually at the end of episode, every episode, I say I'd like to have you back. I'm not bullshitting people. I really do want to talk again because most of these episodes are under an hour, and that's not nearly enough time to really go into stuff. And sometimes we just have to swing back. Absolutely. No, I and I love that idea. I and I, th and I think there's. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you know, you and I will always have stuff to talk about. So sure, sure. This, yeah, so I'm, I'm always willing to come back anytime well, you want me. Well, let me tell you why you wait. We waited till episode fifty. Is that I really was thinking you and I are going to so many conventions. At some point, we're going to find ourselves next to each other. Why don't I just wait till then? And then, twenty twenty had different plans. Yeah. So I kept saying, well, I'll wait till the next convention. I'll wait till the next convention. And there's probably not going to be one anytime soon. So I said, well, we'll just do it for episode 50 and call it good. There you go. That sounds like a great plan. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Oh, man. So what well, are you working on now, man? Oh, gosh. Let me think. <sighs> so I've been doing a number of things. Um, 
like like I said, I've, I've, I'm busier than ever. I've I've uh, taken on a bunch of new client work. I I am now a regular, for the most part, I'm a regular uh, illustrator for uh, the Oklahoma Gazette for their chicken fried news articles. And uh, then I've recently uh, got to do some really fun illustrations that I can't wait to come out next month with uh, Oklahoma Today magazine. And uh, and then uh, uh, I'm working on a lot of sketch cards for all the sketch card uh, for all the trading card companies. I I uh, am in the process right now of working on. Uh, have you heard of Manos, the ha- Hands of Fate? Oh, we have. So, I've I had mean, several Manos friends on here. So yeah, so uh, legendary film for lots of different reasons. Uh, so I'm doing a, I'm doing sketch cards for a trading card set of those. Um, I'm I just. Uh, got some cards in for another Marvel trading card set, and then um, and uh, I'm gonna get to do some more cards through uh, Cryptozoic for another set that that they won't let me announce yet, but it's it'll be fun, super fun. And um, and then I just said yes to a really fun set called uh, Spook Show Two. Have you ever heard of spook shows during like the <laughs> 30s and so between the 30s and 60s? Um, there are these. Uh, these entrepreneurs who would go and rent out movie theaters like for these midnight haunted house type situations they call mm-hmm. shows. and so apparently it was just some kind of like funky version of a haunted house where you they have like freak shows and things like that and so um apparently there's all these really cool like posters uh that took place in that time period and and so um, I'm going to be creating some sketch cards based on that whole period of time. This so, is a gap in my knowledge, so I have to look into this more. Yeah, I did too. I didn't know anything about it until I was approached to do this. And uh, Monster Wax trading cards—they're—they're uh, they're currently actually, actually they're uh, for the next two, three, four days, I think, uh, left for a Kickstarter that they're doing for this card set. So, um, uh, I, and I don't know. This will probably be out uh, by the time that Kickstarter ends. But I know that they have a website you can go and probably find these cards to purchase as well. So, so yeah, I'm doing those. And then some of my passion projects, uh, I just recently came out with issue number two of Glamorella's Daughter. So Nice. Yeah, that, that's, this has been super fun. This, and this was a long time in coming because like issue one came out like uh, almost a year ago. And so... Uh, I got a ton of work that just blocked me from being able to continue on, and so I, I finally like just stood my ground and just started uh, getting to work on the issue two pages, and finally we finally got those out, and so so that's been fun. So uh, now we did we put out a black and white version, but we're getting ready to put out a uh, a color version of these issues because um, we're I'm I'm a kind of a, a part of Literati Press in, in a art director capacity. And um, Literary Press is really wanting to rebrand themselves in the comics area. And so uh, they want to do this really awesome, like, uh, launch in the fall for several comic book titles. And Glamorella will be one of those. And so we're excited about uh, the future for Glamorella's daughter. And in the meantime, I'm also uh, trying to trying to write some graphic novels as well. I've, I'm super into, like, the middle grade graphic novel area. I don't know if you ever heard of Zeta, the space girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a whole range of amazing graphic novels for lots of age ranges now and uh, I've had some stories I've been wanting to write in the middle grade area and then I've got a YA uh, uh, graphic novel idea that I'm trying to slowly get thoughts down on and so I'm, I'm, I'm really wanting to get into the area that I've always dreamed about getting into which is being my own storyteller and that was, that was my ultimate like bucket list goal of being an artist full-time anyway and so so i feel like i'm really starting to enter that phase of my life now where i'm reaching the 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 absolute goal that i had set for myself so many years ago when i went to college and so so yeah so th- th- these are the things that i'm I've, I've just been very excited about this phase of my life because uh i i have really made a lot of really great contact with a lot of different creatives I've gotten to know a lot of people in the uh, kid lit industry. Uh, children, the children's literature industry is just all over graphic novels now. 
And so it's been really great to get to know art directors and editors and lots of agents. In fact, I've, re I've recently gotten to know um, uh, this new agent who is focused on kids' comics, uh, Jana Marishima. And she actually was one of the co-founders of the graphic novel imprint at Scholastic. And so uh, she's been like a wealth of amazing information. I, I found her on a webinar that she had done. And then I um, uh, started following her into a group uh, that she started called Kids Comics Unite. And it was basically a, a place for uh, uh, authors and illustrators and author illustrators who are focused on getting published in in comics for kids uh, from like early readers onto like YA graphic novels. And so uh, I joined that. And um, in fact, I was able to get a coaching call from her. She uh, she took a look at my website and I was able to like make a lot of big changes based on her advice. And so uh, and she was talking to me about some of my story ideas that I've had. And she was really excited about about a few of them. And so I'm, I, it just really got me going to really want to get moving on writing those stories. So I'm in the process of, of working on those uh, every free chance I get. So, yeah, and, I, and I'm still doing lots of things, you know, I, I always, you know, if I can, I will always say yes to any kind of a commission, whether it's like a portrait or, you know, a comic book blank variant sketch or, mm -hmm. um, uh, gosh, I mean, I've, I've recently been doing logos for people. I'm doing uh, logos for uh, an upcoming podcast that's going to really kick off, um, uh, just lots of things, lots of fun things. So, I mean, it's. I, I, I'm at a very exciting time in my life, I feel like. And what's weird is, like, uh, I'm getting... So, this December, I, I'm turning 50. And and I feel like that I'm just getting started. I, I feel like my health is better than it's ever been my entire life. This is the healthiest I've ever felt. I've never felt so good. Which is odd. I, I feel like, you know, 50 is some kind of, like, turning point for for age and maturity or and, and health. And, and I didn't think I would feel this good at this point in my life. And I, I feel fantastic. So I, it just really encouraged me just to really just keep on going and, and you know, just improve that momentum that I started, you know, with all of this. And so here I am. Here I keep going. Fantastic, man. So much I wanted to pick out of that right now. Uh, Absolutely. So, I mean, you're... You're getting to the point now, you, you said you set a goal for yourself years ago to just tell stories and that you're finally getting to do that with the, the tools you really want. And that's 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 a need you had way back in the day. Absolutely. I I mean, that was the reason I, um, you know, went to college. Uh, my my first my goal was to be like uh, a director at Disney for Pixar movies or whatever, you know, a Disney animated film. Um, but then I I started getting to talk to uh, some Disney animators you know and 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 i i realized the process was going to be a, a very lengthy and difficult one um not that not that any creative career you know uh you know all creative careers have their hurdles um but the more i thought about it that the more i realized my love has have has always been in comics i've always read comics i've always uh been in the graphic novel you know um uh, community uh i've really focused on on doing comics my whole life, you know, so I, so uh, it just seemed natural that I just continue to stay on in that in that realm, and and uh, and and it was always the, I, I think it was always the better route for me because being a graphic novelist, you know, you get to be your own director, your own art director, your own producer, your own uh, writer, your own. I mean, you know, you you get full creative control of that, and so that's i think that's always been a very exciting attractive element for me in, in staying within the graphic novel medium uh and so as i got to know more creators uh it's allowed me to uh, collaborate with a ton of them and so i've gotten to do gotten to know a lot of oklahoma creators and writers and and charles martin is uh, the one who i'm collaborating with 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 uh, glamorella's daughter in fact glamorella's daughter was a uh, concept of mine uh basically it, it's a uh, a super bright girl who uh, mom is the defender of Earth, and so I've always had this idea of a uh, of a bright girl who had her t who had all these talents, 
but her superhero mom never really saw that, you know, and mm-hmm. so it was about it was about their relationship, you know, and and she, and and at the time I wasn't really uh, confident in my writing skills, and, and and Charles Martin had always wanted to collaborate with me on a bigger project. We'd done several short stories together, but when he uh, when he approached me with it, if I had anything that I wanted to work with him on, I showed him Glamorella's daughter, and he was super excited to work on it, and. Uh, and his spin on it was just phenomenal. I mean, and uh, his experience uh, with having family in the autism spectrum uh, really made for a great dynamic for uh, Glamorella's daughter, who is on the autism spectrum, uh, for that dynamic to really add to uh, a very emotional story arc that allowed for that relationship to uh, start to slowly develop in the comic. So we're excited about all, all everything that's happening in that so yeah i i'm listening to that and i'm looking at that cover and i'm thinking i could make a list of 10 or 12 different types of people who would be very interested and attracted to that story that's and you yeah 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 that's been that's been the ma- most amazing part of this since we've released it you know we've really um gained an audience that don't normally read comics uh um we have a lot of comic readers who are fans of the comic but we also really drew in a lot of people that uh, would not necessarily be would consider themselves comic readers, but they've loved the story. Uh, we've we've really reached a lot of different age uh, age ranges that really enjoy the story. Uh, young and, and old alike have have really taken to the story. So yeah, absolutely. Now that that can't be because what I'm hearing in the news is that the only people who sell comic books are Marvel and DC so they can make their movies. And, and you're telling me that other people actually will read them? That, that, I, no, that, I can't. You're so funny. You're so bad. I try. I really try. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's well, crazy because not too long ago, we had this major conversation on the, with another guest about how Marvel and DC don't know what to do with themselves because they can't sell their comics because the movie business is competing with them. Oh, and I'm I like, know. There's there's literally hundreds of small time publishers who are cranking them out and people aren't buying them fast enough. I mean, it's that's why independent comics, comic creators, um, you know, that's that's where the renaissance is in the comics industry. I mean, you know, Image has really built a fantastic model for us as independent original content storytellers in that. all these amazing original stories are coming out now and 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 we're realizing that there are more stories to tell beyond the DC and Marvel world and so we're getting a wealth of fantastic material out there now as a result and so and what's funny is like you know like you said with you know the Marvel universe the Marvel cinematic universe competing with the comics universe i think i think you'll start to see something like that happening with the independent stories as well because so many graphic novels now are being acquired by Hollywood for movies. I mean, I, I can name like several, you know, Red, um, uh, The Road to Perdition, uh, Ghost World. So many movies now that have been based on, and Netflix, I think, is really keen mm-hmm. uh, on the comics industry. Because like um, right now, um, Umbrella Academy, you know, their second season just came out. And, and that's based on a fantastic gra- uh, series of uh, comics. And, oh gosh, I can... I feel like there's a ton of like TV shows on Netflix now that are based on comics that I haven't even accessed yet. So yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, I mean, it's starting to pop up on all those shows. Uh, I think Amazon just had that show Pennyworth. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Or what is it? Amazon? Well, yeah. I know Pen- the Pennyworth series is out. Um, but I they also have The Boys too, and that's another comic book series that that mm-hmm. uh, made for a fantastic show uh, on Amazon Prime. So yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just I feel like there's there's two different movies playing on the screen in front of me. That's one people are like the comics industry is dead, and the other people are like we can't rake in the money fast enough. And I, I I can't really rectify that in my head. That's a funny that's a funny phrase. Like can't rake in the money fast enough. I'm I'm wondering who's seeing the most money out of out of all of this because um, I, I recently read a really sobering article. It was, I think it was a blog post from someone who uh, mentioned. So um, there's an artist 
who is an author, author illustrator, but he was the artist for the March graphic novel book series. Um, uh, Nate Powell, he, he, he's kind of prolific now at this point, but, but um, he's a fantastic storyteller. And he put out some numbers of how much, uh, how much graphic novelists make. And mm-hmm. it is a hard pill to swallow. I mean, it is. I mean, we are in this, uh, like, we as creators are in this industry to uh, make comics because we love comics. And, and there's no other reason to get into the comics industry because you're definitely not in it for the money. For sure. No. So I'm wondering who's like who's making the who's making the dough out of all of this. <laughs> and I, I think especially the single issue format is something that's going to be very hard to get to mass audiences on a regular basis. I think it the trade paperbacks and the compilations. If, if for a small time storyteller who just wants to maybe get a book sold, that might be the smarter way to go in the long run. It is, um, and I think oh who was I talking like I. Uh, there was um, one, well the uh, the bookshop owner, uh, New World bookshop owner, uh, Buck Berlin. He uh, inter- he was able to interview and talk with a uh, another comic uh, shop, or another comic press, and got some really interesting information about you know independent being an independent storyteller and, and putting your comics out there. Um, he mentioned like Kickstarter is an excellent way to go if you have developed the right connections and really develop a rapport with the community there. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if, if that happens, then usually they're going to want to invest in your stuff there. If you start a Kickstarter and even if you haven't been as fully invested in that community and you want to do a Kickstarter, um, one huge point is that you may not necessarily want to try to put on a graphic novel or a series. You know, you may not, you may have like, you want to start with like some kind of oversized one shot story to really start to build an audience and then go from there. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of tips, a lot of tricks of the trade of, of being an independent seller, especially if you're self-publishing your own work, which kind of that's what we're doing right now with Glamorella's Daughter. But we, we you know, we kind of have done the hard work as far as like going to a lot of comic book shops, going to uh, a lot of conventions, you know, talking with people, uh, you know, finding out what they enjoy and uh, and 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 getting to network with a lot of creators about the kind of stuff that they're doing and how they're getting in the market and, and then just being really uh, excited for our own story. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's a trek. <laughs> it very much is. And so that's, I can't recommend strongly enough that somebody checks out your work and looks into it. So where can people find your stuff on the web by your works? So um, right now, as far as uh, the web, um, my Glamorella's Daughter comic can be purchased at uh, Literati Press Bookstore, um, and they have an online shop as well as a physical bookstore in the Paseo Arts District, and and they're taking all the social distance uh, uh, recommendations and requirements to heart, so you'll have to have a mask, obviously, Um, and uh, or you can, you know, they'll deliver to your car, you know, uh, curbside service and all that but they do have a web store that you can buy the comic from and um uh and new world comics is currently selling the comic now um i'm in the process of uh getting ready to do some comic book signings at some other shops uh, along the other side of town in oklahoma city and um, i even had a signing in wichita kansas that was fantastic so, I, so I'm, I'm trying to make as many stops as around here as i can that that are safe um, and then uh, my uh, prints and my original art, uh, right now I'm currently selling on Etsy, so you can go to Artist Jerry Bennett on Etsy and find my stuff there as well. Including some of those comics? Uh, you know, I haven't put the comics on there for sale, um, uh, and I probably won't. I'll, I'll let the bookstores, because uh, I really want to support the bookstores. And gotcha, gotcha. So that's where I'll focus that. Well, I can't make any promises, but I will reach out to those bookstores and see if they would provide some option for selling those comics over the internet to our listeners who are further away from Oklahoma. Oh, absolutely. And and we are trying to uh, reformat, like I said, about Literary Press wanting to reformat the brand. They're really wanting to uh, go big as far as the using uh even using diamond distributing uh mm-hmm. to put the comic out in and so 
where uh, with, the, with the comment with the color version, uh, we are trying to find a good local printer that can do offset printing and even print maybe on newsprint. Although we've come, we've really come into a wall with that one because apparently newsprint is not because it's not as big as it used to be. It's really mm-hmm. hard to get a hold of now at an affordable price. But regardless, we're going to find some offset printers nearby and um, uh, really push uh, trying to reach a nationwide audience with that. But yes, please reach out to the comic book stores. We're, we're, we're in the process of trying to reach out to comic book stores across the country. As well. I, so, yeah. I don't want to speak for them, but I will check and see what they would like to do for somebody who wants to get a hold of your stuff. Okay, that sounds great. Thank you. Okay. Jerry, let's get together again sometime. We'll get you on a Sunday episode and we'll have some more fun. Man, that would be awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks thanks for coming back. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I would like to thank Jerry for coming back today, and I would like to thank you for listening for 50 solid episodes. And if this is your first episode or somewhere in between, feel free to go back and check out the huge archive we have and that's getting bigger every single week. Now let's talk about what I said about the release schedule for the show, please. As I said, from here on out, the Thursday release episodes are going to be strictly new guests who have never been on Hungry Trilobite before. And the Sunday episodes are going to be returning guests. That does not necessarily mean that every Sunday there's going to be a returning guest, and it doesn't technically mean that every Thursday is going to be a new guest. That's kind of the idea. But I've been consistently turning out new guest episodes on Thursday for several months now. I don't really see a problem keeping up the schedule, and I want to make room for the people who want to come back on the show, so this just seemed like the best way of doing it. I played with some other ideas about what to do as far as moving guests around or bringing people in and putting off episodes when I could record them, and every other answer I came up with resulted in you, the listener, getting less content. And I like podcasts myself. I'm a podcast listener. I want the most content possible without sacrificing the quality, and so this release schedule increases the quality. It increases your choice of guests to listen to. I think it's a win-win all the way around. If you disagree, please let me know. Please help me decide what's best for the listener because we're in this together. You can reach out to me on my Twitter at Aaron Bossig. You can email me at bossigpodcast at yahoo.com. There's a whole bunch of ways to get a hold of me. But in the meantime, please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, or YouTube, and you can get us on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in episode 51.